before we talk about chapter 17, let's have a quick review of chapter 16. And in chapter 16, Sarai, the wife of Abram, made a suggestion and said, why not have a son through Hagar? Because that was the custom of the day, and it was lawful for them to have a son through a servant and adopt the son as their own. So they were thinking in this way, and Abram thought, sure, why not? In fact, the mistake was not waiting on the Lord, not discussing it with the Lord. Unlike previously in chapter 15, when God made the promise to Abram, he said, uh, this Eliezer, uh, son of my servant, shall be my heir. So he was thinking human, and, but God is divine, and we know God thinks differently. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And God said to Abram, no, it's not this Eliezer, but a son from your own body, not a son of your servant. The one who will inherit the promise is somebody from your own body. But take note, God did not say in chapter 15 that it was through Sarai. Not yet. Only through your body. So that's why in chapter 16, uh, Sarai made the suggestion, why not through this servant? They were thinking in the human customs of the day. The same way with Abram. So please take note, the law of Moses was not yet here. The, 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 the thing about right and wrong is mainly on conscience. And the law of Moses has not been passed. Of all those details of what's right, what's wrong, what's lawful and unlawful, they were operating in custom and conscience. So the mistake really was not consulting God, not waiting on the Lord to talk with him. Because previously, when he talked with God and said, it's through Eliezer, God corrected him. No, 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 it's through you. So in chapter 16, they thought it was nothing wrong with it. But they would not know the repercussion of their actions. Until today, the sons of Ishmael is at war against the sons of Isaac. Israel is still at war with the, with the neighbors, with the neighboring countries around him. That is a repercussion of something that we do not consult with God. And uh, may I suggest a quick, quick application for us. There are things we might think is right logically, custom-wise. The world is doing it. But we, we think there's nothing wrong with it, and we push through with it instead of waiting on the Lord or consulting with the Lord. And uh, 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 there were even times that we made certain major decisions. Instead of waiting on the Lord or consulting God, we thought it was right, we pushed through with it, then we experienced repercussions. And take note, there were repercussions on the immediate and on the far view. The far view is today. The, the fight uh, against the land of Canaan is still happening today. Israel versus many nations. But the short view there, the short impact was there was stress. Instead of uh, maybe Sarai was thinking, when we have a son through Hagar, the family will be united. At last, we will have the promise. We can hold on to it. And uh, what happened was that the opposite. There was more stress. Hagar conceived, Sarah, Sarai did not. So in the eyes of Hagar, Sarah was despised. She despised Sarah. She tried to elevate, she felt in herself elevated because she had conceived. Of course, that caused a lot of stress for, for Sarai and she mistreated her. 
in, in retaliation, but that also caused stress for Abram. He was living peacefully and waiting on the promise of the Lord. Now he has to deal with his wife and his servant having a feud within his household. Anything we believe we should decide on, we wait on the Lord. That is the best advice in learning from chapter 16. Now we go to chapter 17. After 13 years of silence, there was no encounter with God for 13 years. Then God introduces himself to Abram. Let's look at verse 1. It says in verse 1, Now when Abram was 99 years old, wow, 99 years old. Do we have a 99-year-old here? Please raise your hand. Uh, okay, no hands. Maybe one day we're all going to raise our hands uh, if we live long enough to be 99. But 99, Abram was blessed with a long life. God appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. The direct translation from the Hebrew is I am El Shaddai. There was a popular song in the 70s or early 80s, early 80s by Amy Grant called El Shaddai. Research it. It's still on YouTube. It's a wonderful, wonderful song. And of course, there's a group here in the Philippines who named themselves El Shaddai. El Shaddai meaning I am almighty. I can do anything. I can do what I promised you. I am El Shaddai. I am almighty. My word is my word. It shall happen. Walk before me and be blameless. You see, before this, the command to Abraham was, leave your father's household and go here. And he obeyed. It was a very simple command. And all along, it was by faith. God was just expecting him to believe, to believe, to believe. And he kept believing. And it was counted to him as righteousness. But this time, God was saying, be blameless. Ah, Sort of an upgrade of responsibility. You have faith in God. You have come to the Lord. You have a relationship with God. But there are things still in your life that you know are, think are not wrong. Then God will show you through His Word. The more you learn about Him, oh, mali pala to. This is wrong. I realize. So I said, walk before me and be blameless. And next verse. It says, I will establish my covenant between me and you, and I will multiply you exceedingly. It's God repeating himself, saying, I'll do it. Of course, after 13 years, I believe there needs to be another repetition of the promise. Next verse, it says, Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and you will be the father of a multitude of nations, no longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be called Abraham, for I have made you the father of a multitude of nations. Let's take a pause. You know what Abram means? It means exalted father. Do you, can you imagine how ridiculous he must have felt walking that land, calling himself Abram, exalted father with no son? And now he had one son. Next verse. Oh, I mean, let's go back. He was now being called Abraham. The meaning of Abraham is a father of many. First, you say your exalted father, you had no son. Now you had a son for 13 years. Now God changes his name to Abraham, meaning a father of many. I think God was once again challenging his faith to call his name Abraham. Because it really sounded ridiculous in the human eye, in the human ear. 
calling yourself Abraham or what other people would pronounce today as Ibrahim. Ex a father of many. And uh, I will make you exceedingly fruitful and I will make nations of you and kings will come forth from you. I'll narrate the rest of the story. So uh, here comes God, changes the name of Abram to Abraham. And then in the later verses, he would say, you shall call Sarai, Sarah. Same, a mother of many. And uh, uh, what's in a name? God somehow puts importance in a name. Is a name important? What's in a name? You see, companies take so long, even hire other companies, consulting companies, to figure out a name for themselves. A brand name. Sometimes it takes so long. Uh, what does your name mean? Do you know what your name means? Now, this is not necessarily what the contact is saying, but I'm just saying that God gives importance to the meaning of names. When we named our children, we prayed, we prayed and asked God's guidance and leading and made sure every name we gave them has a meaning, deep meaning for us. When I found out the meaning of my name, I, I pass it on to my children as my father gave it to me. Do you know the meaning of Eduardo? Eduardo, anybody has researched the name? When I found out the meaning of the name, I would not let it go ever. It means a rich guardian. I said, Lord, may it be fulfilled to me according to the name. <laughs> but what's the meaning of your name? Did, were you named because it was a trendy thing? Or were you named because there was a deeper meaning? Try to find out. And if there's no meaning, maybe give yourself a nickname that has deeper meaning, right? Or, or when you find out the meaning of your name is really bad, then maybe proceed to change it legally. Uh, oh, ask permission from your parents, of course. But you know, somehow the names either uplift a person or depress a person, right? Yes, yes, I, I, I know somebody was, he was so ashamed of his name, but he, he had a good move. He gave himself a nickname. He's, he was called Pastor Seri. Seri, a yeah, pastor from Laguna. Oh, Kazon, Pastor Seri. And one time I needed his full name. I said, Pastor, I need your full legal name. No, just use Seri. No, I really need your full legal name. I said, what's the meaning? And he, he, he even had an action when he said the name like that. Seriatko. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, I said, that's not so bad. I've heard worse. Yeah, I was told by, by some people that the, 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 uh, the Spaniards here who were here, when they were giving names to the, to the tribes, they gave them funny names to amuse themselves. Oh, by the way, not all of them were Spaniards. Some of them were very bad Mexicans. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I have a Mexican brother here. Very bad Mexicans. So, uh, <laughs> uh, but this one is a good Mexican, a brother in Christ. So, so uh, uh, very bad names. 
to a point, some last names are really, really funny. So if you, are, do you, you have a last name that doesn't have a nice meaning, they, well, this is not the message. This is just me and you talking, all right? Having a chit-chat. So I say, uh, do the legal way and say, can I change my name? my last name. There is a way to legally change it. Make sure you did not commit any crime so it's easy to change it, all right? What's in a name? It affects people. Uh, Abraham was given a name, a promise. You shall be a father of many. And there was, now God gave a timeline. Before there was no timeline. You're going to be a father of many nations. And God never said when. But this time, there was a timeline. Next year, this season. Next year, this season. Wow. Very specific. You know, before it wasn't specific. Kind of like me when my wife asks me for something when we were newly married. Nothing specific. Darling, can I have that? Sure, darling. Just not now. Okay? Sometime in the future. After 20 years, maybe, I, I, of course, I didn't say after 20 years, but it's just me. Not now, sure. But this time, God was saying, next year, very specific. And Abraham, Abraham fell on his face and he laughed. He said, can a, can a 99-year-old man do that? At that time, he said, I'm 99. Maybe he laughed because the capacity of my body. And, and Sarah is 90. It's not just me, Lord. Look at her. It's just not me. Look at both of us. But that's why God started with, I am El Shaddai. What you see as limitation is not limitation for God. What we see as we cannot do, humanly possible, it cannot happen. God is saying, no, I am El Shaddai. Is there a meaning in a name? Everything, when he said El Shaddai, he says nothing, absolutely nothing is impossible for me. What's in a name? Everything, he says. That's one of his covenant names. El Shaddai, I am your covenant God. I will keep my promise and I cannot deny my very nature of making it happen. He is El Shaddai. Is anything too hard for God? Nothing is too hard for God. So, change their names. And then, but this time, you know, God said, I'm going to ask one more thing. I ask you to be blameless, but I'm going to ask one more thing because I need the world to see who my people are. Now, I'm paraphrasing, looking far ahead, all of Scripture, all of the Old Testament. They must be circumcised. Your children, your servants, everyone born in your clan, in your tribe, in your influence, they must be circumcised. You see, these days, when you, a person, a man is circumcised, a male is circumcised, it's for sanitary and health reasons. Uh, then... It was an identifying mark for God. To be circumcised. This is a sign that you want to keep my covenant. The rest of the world will know you are my people. 
You see, I don't know. Well, immediate obey, Abraham immediately obeyed, right? That very same day, his whole family, all his servants, male servants, and himself were circumcised. He immediately obeyed. He obeyed. Oh, what does that mean? You see, far into the New Testament, the writer of Romans, Paul, would mention about spiritual circumcision in Romans chapter 2, where we cut off the fleshly things, the ungodly things from our lives, where we cut off what is not pleasing to God, where we must cut off. If we are a drunkard, we must cut that. If we are, are, are bound in immorality and, and adultery, we have to stop that. If we talk too much to a point that we destroy others' reputation, we gossip, we have to stop that. We compromise our decisions, putting wealth and, and, and status above God. We have to stop that. It's a circumcision of the heart. That's why God's people in the New Testament looks also different from the rest of the world. Abraham, Abraham, you and your children must be different from everybody else. We do not try to look like the world. We are different. Not because everybody says it's okay to live in, then it's okay. Not because so many are saying it's okay, premarital sex or extramarital sex is okay, then we think it's okay. Just because many are saying there's this uh, gay movement happening to be gay is all right. Oh, if you just read Romans 1, you'd be scared. You'd be so frightened of how angry God is with that. His design is His design. And I'm on with Pacquiao on this. You remember that previous controversy? He said, I haven't seen a horse chase a male horse try to ride another male horse. I haven't seen that. Of course, I'm paraphrasing. And I haven't seen it either. We cut it. So let's go back. Be circumcised. Hey, hey, take note. Ishmael was 13. You know, God said on the eighth day, babies will be circumcised. Now, I don't know how, why it was the eighth day then, but I heard it from a preacher and I asked some, uh, some, for some others and asked around. And I, I googled it this morning that on the eighth day, it seems to be the point of the highest blood clotting of male babies. Uh, you know, blood clotting so that you don't bleed out. So that's why on the eighth day, he says they will be circumcised. So they get circumcised on the eighth day after, uh, after being born. And it's just right. Oh, these days, they can do it in three. Uh, there's a lot of medicine we have or some things to stop the bleeding. But then it was perfect. But it wasn't so nice for Ishmael because he was already 13, right? Some of you guys, you still recall? The ordeal you went through? I mean, you prepared all your life for that, for that rite of passage, so that one day you will say, I'm one of the group right now. 
I'm one of the men that's circumcised. And a, a young boy will walk so proudly and say, but he, can't, he really can't walk straight. But he said, I am circumcised. Ishmael was 13 years old. That's not the words of the story. Abraham was 99. <laughs> I mean, you need Chef Doy's blades, I mean, knives to... Uh, why? He's pretty old. You don't know if the irregular knife would cut it. You know? <laughs> I'm sorry. But yeah, I'm just imagining. Well, one of his servants say, Boss, are you ready? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> if they're not circumcised, if they do not carry the sign, they're not my people, God says. So I declare as well, if you're not circumcised, you cannot be a member of GCF. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's a joke. <laughs> it's by faith, by grace through faith, not through circumcision. Okay? By grace through faith, not through circumcision. But we can make a policy if we still want to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and God said, through Sarah. Now it's clear. Not through Hagar. This time it's clear it's through Sarah. Through Sarah, my covenant will be established through Isaac. Isaac will be born, and then his son, and then his son, and then his son. A great nation. But God also blessed Ishmael. Why? Ishmael is a son of Abraham. He's a son. And the promise was, you shall be a great nation, and his descendants will be many. So, Ishmael was also blessed by God. Yes, it was Abraham's mistake, but still, God had to bless. You know, the thing with us, we make mistakes, right? Have you made mistakes in your life? Huh? Have you made mistakes in your life? And you know you disobeyed God, right? You know you did not consult God and you made mistakes. And you know what? The goodness of God, he said, okay, I'll still bless you because you're my son and my daughter. Because my grace is abundant. I'm still going to bless you. I'm not going to abandon you. He even gave a promise. I shall never leave you nor forsake you. Our God is good. Our God is good. So even with all our shortcomings, if you have faith in God, if you commit to walk blamelessly, Though I say you will not be perfect, but you shall try. We shall try to walk blamelessly. But although we know we shall not be perfect, but we will strive for perfection. Why do we do that? Because we know in the goodness of God that even if we fail, He'll be there for us. Application, God is El Shaddai. Can you say El Shaddai? That means He is almighty. He is powerful. Nothing is too difficult for Him. We must believe that He is able to accomplish His will. Number two, we are to walk blamelessly and expect to see God fulfill His promises. We must circumcise our hearts. Remove the flesh. Love not the world. Deny the flesh. And this is a daily fight, my friends. It's a daily struggle. And every day we have to commit to live a life that is spiritually circumcised. So we say we have to be spiritually cut the flesh from us. I'm not talking literal flesh, okay? Cut the desires that are not from God. 
and now don't even give an inch. You know, the problem with giving an inch is, is it, that's, that inch becomes so big. That's why, friends, when I say to my young brothers here, no, girlfriend, not yet time. Focus on God. Doesn't mean the world does it, that you should do it. Doesn't mean everybody's opening themselves up for temptation, that you will do so as well. It's responsibility. The same way for, 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 for our young sisters. Just because everybody is trying to dress up and act in a way to attract men doesn't mean that's the way you should do it. Do it like Sarah. You'll find it in 1 Peter, a gentle and quiet spirit. One who fears and loves God. That is the inner beauty that the Bible is speaking of. So that's why, young sisters, we talk about modesty here. No, I do not judge on what you shall wear. I do not give instruction, except I give advice. I gave a simple advice before. If you're going to wear it short here, not too short though, uh, cover it up here. If you're going to show some arms, please make it long here. Why? What's the problem? If this is short and this is low, you're not reflecting Christ that way. No, no, please be pretty and Christ-like. That's nice. I mean, I'm not against beauty. You see, Esther's beauty saved the Jews. Read Esther. If she were ugly, the Jews would have been dead. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. That's why I'm not against, you know, some people say to me, Pastor, I think it's sinful to have makeup. I said, you know what an ugly world it would be? <laughs> if women don't want to, don't beautify themselves. It's a scary world. Yeah. It's a world I don't want to live in. I'd rather go to heaven quickly. <laughs> but <laughs> by God's grace, we don't judge these things. But I'm saying the flesh can come in. Be careful. You know, your nice selfies, keep it pretty and Christ-like. Amen? Please, if your wall is all about your big face or your nice, uh, what's it, your nice Kending. You know, if your Facebook post is all about that, you know what I feel like? <laughs> no, no, because the Bible speaks about what? When Esther, with all her beauty, came to the king, she said, fast for me. I will fast three days. I will ask for mercy. And if I die, then I die. She was going to ask for the life of her people. And she was willing to sacrifice herself for it. Boy, that's the beauty we look for. The kind that says my life is for the Lord alone. Not for the eyes of some pervert males around me. Remove the skin. And third application, we must lead our household including those who work for us and those who live with us to follow Christ. Yes, uh, a brother shared in one of our discipleship groups uh, said, my father, it's good for fathers to, to make sure their children hear God's word every Sunday. Even if they're forced, they feel they're forced to. Because the word of God is very important because there was a time in his life that he got drunk from bar to bar. He was just like the world. Maybe he wanted to explore the world, but after a certain time, he found out it's empty. The bar life of just getting drunk is 
empty. And when that emptiness comes in, he remembers all the word of God that came to his mind and heart. And he comes back to God. So all our household, everyone was circumcised. That was the command of the Lord. We have to do. You cannot force anybody to repent, but you can make some people to listen. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. No, no, I'm not forcing those who work for me. But I say to them, sit down. I'm not forcing anybody to repent. I just say God's word says repent and have faith. But I can say to them, listen and listen well. And that's what we must do. With all our influence, we bring them to Christ. Why? Because the covenant of Abraham is fulfilled in Christ. That's why through Isaac, a nation must, God would take care of a nation. Israel, David, and then a son of David, Jesus, would be born for an everlasting kingdom. The covenant is with Christ. The promise is given to Abraham of a, of a kingdom that would never end, uh, of, of a everlasting. It says the covenant is everlasting. For all generations, it's only through Christ. So who is Christ? Christ is one, the one, the one who died for us on the cross to pay for our sins. We have sinned. All of us have sinned. Nobody is perfect. And one sin is enough to bring anyone to hell. But through his death, we can come to him and believe in him. And ask for his forgiveness and say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. I repent of my sins. I believe in what you did on the cross, that you rose again from the dead. I believe, Lord. And if you do that with all your heart and start a relationship with him. You see, Christ is not a religion. What he seeks is a relationship that begins with faith. A relationship that involves repentance, that involves a circumcision of the sin. Of the flesh, it's a relationship. If you have a relationship and you want a special relationship, that is what Jesus offers to us, a very special relationship. Let us pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for reminding us that, that you are El Shaddai, that you will fulfill your covenant, that Nothing is impossible with you. That everything you promised your children through your word, that everything you promised us in Christ, you are able to fulfill because you are almighty God, the El Shaddai. So teach us to trust in you more. Teach us not to use our human thinking because your ways are higher than our ways. Your thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Teach us to think as you would. Open our minds and hearts to your word, to the Holy Scriptures. And may it fill our hearts. Teach us to remove what is unpleasing, what is not pleasing to you. In Jesus' name, we remove from our minds, our hearts, our actions. And by faith, we walk with you blamelessly. Holy Spirit, this is impossible. But with you, by the grace of God, nothing is impossible. You are El Shaddai. And use us, Lord, to bring our household to you, our sphere of influence, that we may bring people to you, that they may start a relationship with you through repentance and faith. Father, we thank you and we praise you. Be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray.
Amen. Amen.